Good Saturday morning to you, everybody, and welcome to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge Podcast, along with Rob Weinberg. I'm Gary Byron. Well, Rob, good to see you again. Hey there, Gary. How are you? Oh, I am a ducky. I'm, and I'm still, I'm still looking for a a house. As you know, I've been looking for, uh, my the goodness. better part of a year now, probably over a year. Has it been over a year or almost a year? Almost. I think early next year will be a year. Okay. So early, almost a year. Uh, and I, you know, you were talking, I remember last week you were talking about, you know, the seasonality. More homes are for sale in the Northeast, obviously, in the summer. But hey, listen, the serious buyers are out there in the in the colder weather months. And I think I'm a serious buyer. And I think that's that'll probably be my case. But um, that could be to my advantage as well. As a buyer... You know, what could be a buyer's advantage could be a seller's disadvantage. And what could be a seller's advantage could be a buyer's mm-hmm. disadvantage. There's a, a yin and a yang in it. And most people, I mean, unless you're moving out of state, most people are making a lateral move. They're moving at the same time. You know, they're buying at the same time mm-hmm. that they're selling. So, you know, it's easy to think in one regard where, hey, I'm going to get top people are bidding at houses and you know i can there i'm getting over asking price it's a great time for me to sell my house well now when you're buying a house you're on the other end of that so it ends up being a wash doesn't it it does but what i'm finding most of the people that are doing what you're saying the simultaneous buy and sell which yeah. we've done a whole episode about sure. but what I'm seeing is that the people that are going down that path are downsizing for the most part. So they're not going from the $400,000 house to the $600,000 house. They're going from the $400,000 house to the two fifty dollars or three hundred. dollars you see? So that shift— There are no $250,000. There are. Are there? Yeah. Just had—yep. Go look in Litchfield County, Watertown, Oakville, even Woodbury. There's homes for two fifty dollars to three hundred, low three hundreds, and there's a lot of people buying. Yeah, those are entry level. I can't level. live down there because I got to get if here. If you need to live in Hartford County, then yeah, you might have a little bit more competition, less inventory. It's just a different market, right? But there are homes for the—I would say the low level right now is the two fifty dollars to three. That's like the first-time buyer. There's some areas you can't find anything for that. But people that are going from the mid-range down to the starter homes are having success because they're able to do the bid over ask, right? They've got the equity to be able to do everything that needs to be done, um, and they have the finances to be able to kind of bear the brunt of the higher rate. So I have a client that's doing exactly that. They have a $450-ish thousand dollar home in Woodbury. They are moving to a, I want to say it's like, Two eighty, a two hundred and eighty thousand dollar home in Watertown, which is just the next town over, and their mortgage on the new home is going to be only about a hundred dollars less than the home that they're in now. So it should be a lot less, right? Yeah, but the, the interest rates are higher. That's right? why yeah. the, it's because the interest rate on his old house I got him was in the twos, and the new home is in the high sixes. So that's the reason his, his payments going down, his budget's comfortable, but in able to have that scenario, he had to downsize, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if you're trying to upsize or get something that's similar, that's where you're going to just have that financial reckoning that goes, wait a second, does this make sense? Like, do I really need to do this? Because the reality is when I've crunched the numbers with a lot of my clients, they might have a mortgage right now that's say 2000 a month. They did during COVID and now they're going to a similar property and they're putting a nice down payment, meaning, you know, 10, 20% or more, yet their mortgage is going to be the same or more on the new house than it is on the current. And when people get to that gridlock, it, it's like, wait, 
that's not what I thought. That's not what I want. This doesn't make sense. And that creates that lock-in effect that everyone's been talking about. And that really is a perfect segue to our topic today, which is the impact of inflation. Specifically, I want to talk about the impact of inflation on interest rates, mortgage rates. I want to talk about the impact of inflation on housing prices. And lastly, investments and personal finance. So we'll dabble in all that Let's start right there. Start by explaining then the relationship between inflation and mortgage rates and really how how do rising inflation rates typically affect mortgage interest rates? Yeah, so inflation rates are very closely tied to mortgage rates. Probably that is the number one driver of mortgage interest rates is going to be inflation. And the reason is because when inflation rises, the purchasing power of the fixed rate mortgage decreases. So what you got to envision is when you're making your mortgage payment every month, there's an investor on the other side of that payment. There's somebody or a bunch of somebody's pension funds, hedge funds, investors that are on the other line taking that money and spending it for their daily needs, right? Their house payments, their taxes, their food, all of their day-to-day living. So if inflation is going up and I'm an investor, why am I going to take a low rate? No, I'm going to want a higher rate to compensate me for these inflation uh, rates going up because the money value is eroding. That's what's happening with inflation. Your dollar is not worth the dollar that it was a year ago. It's not worth what it was two years ago. So it's eroding and eroding. So lenders increase mortgage rates because we have to. In order to get an investor on the other end of that loan to buy that loan, it needs to compensate them for taking their money and putting it into this mortgage versus doing whatever else they could be doing with it, right? So that's really what it's all about. So rising inflation like we're in right now is gonna mean, as we've seen, rising mortgage rates, and it hasn't let up yet. The question is when. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it just the, the 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 Fed when they raise interest rates, that's separate from interest Correct. rates in mortgage. Is there any link between the two? Is one riding on the coattails of the other? I, How I are they linked? Say, to get, how do they affect so, each other? So, really, when the Fed makes their decisions, they are directly impacting the overnight borrowing rate of banks. So they are affecting what rate banks borrow from the Fed. What that means is when the banks borrow from the Fed, they borrow at one rate and then they lend that money out to you and me as consumers at a higher rate. The difference is that spread, right? That's how they make money. So no, it does not directly impact mortgage rates, but it takes cues, Okay, it takes cues because what does more directly impact mortgage rates is the 10 year Treasury yield. And we've just seen recently the the 10 year Treasury yield hit 20 plus year highs, you know, going over four and a half percent for the first time in over 20 years. Coincidentally, within a couple days of that, you saw mortgage rates hitting pretty much those 20 year highs as well. The the highs of last year in the, you know, seven and a half plus percent range on mortgage rates. So they're not directly correlated, but they take cues from each other. So keep that in mind. But we you know, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be necessary, or I should say it is important to talk about the fact that there's been many times in the last year or two when the Fed has raised rates, and we've actually seen mortgage rates come down. And that's like counterintuitive. Why is that? So what really drives a lot of the mortgage rate stuff has to do with the future of inflation, the rhetoric, what is inflation going to be? Everything's forward looking, right? And when the feds do these meetings, they talk about what they think and what their predictions are. And when we have them talking a hard talk that 
Inflation is running rampant. We're going to keep raising rates. This is out of control. We need to keep on top of this. When they have that rhetoric, investors on the other end go, well, gosh darn, they're raising rates more, aren't they? That's what they're talking. That doesn't mean they're going to, though. It's talking a tough talk. So what we've seen a lot happen over many, many cycles is that the Fed will talk a tough talk, and then all of a sudden, data starts coming in that actually supports stopping the rate cuts or or actually cutting the rates down, and we'll actually see them shift their tune before they get to what they're talking about doing. So just now, Couple weeks back now, the Fed talked about the fact that they're pausing the interest rates. They're not going to raise them at this meeting, but they do see at least one, possibly two more increases this year. So they stopped raising them. Now you would think, okay, mortgage rates are going to stabilize, right? They're not raising them. Yet, what happened? Within 48 hours of that, you saw mortgage rates go up significantly, and then you saw follow through the, the following week with mortgage rates going up even more because of that rhetoric. It's not because they raised the rate. It's because they talked the tough talk and said they're going to be. The mortgage market investors are pricing that in, and you're seeing a little bit of a runaway market. At All right, this so point. it's the mortgage that uh, rates that takes cues from the Fed. The Fed leads. Right. Okay. Right. The Fed, the rhetoric, yeah. and then the ten-year Treasury. The mortgage rates really take the cues from the ten-year ten year Treasury, treasury right. but the rhetoric and the discussion that the Fed brings has the most impact. I'd say even more than what the interest right, rate so is or what rate. In a changing. high inflation environment, do home prices tend to rise or fall? I mean, how can potential home buyers navigate the scenario? This is a question, me as an industry expert for 20 years, I mean, I don't even need to answer this. I think anybody you could pull off the street and ask them, do mortgage, or excuse me, do housing prices increase during times of high inflation? What have we seen happen in the last two years of high inflation? Have housing prices gone up or down? They've gone way up. They've gone way up. So there's your answer. Home prices rise as the cost of construction rises, the cost of labor rises, land acquisition you know, the price of land increases. So home buyers can navigate this by really honing in on the fixed rate mortgages because that locks you in a stable rate over the life of the loan. Now, I've had a lot of listeners and just prospects reach out to me and ask about adjustable rate mortgages. Uh, it doesn't really make sense in almost any case right now because if you actually compare adjustable to fixed rate, they're not there's not a big advantage to adjustable. In some cases, the adjustable is actually higher than the fixed. So in a high inflation environment like we're in right now, don't get, uh, you know, don't get eluded over by the shiny object, right? <laughs> Stay with the tried and true idea that's worked for decades, which is the 30-year, not necessarily 30-year, but the fixed rate mortgage that's going to lock in your housing price. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing that you can do. Because even if rates keep going up, if you're locked into a mortgage, I don't care what rate, 7 8%, it doesn't matter. You're locked in. I was having a conversation yesterday with a client that locked in like two years ago at 3.5%, and we were discussing how you know they were worried about the mortgage rates and how that could affect them. But I had to take them back a little bit and, and take them off the ledge or talk them off the ledge by saying, hey, you're locked in. We did a 30-year fix a couple years ago. Rates could go to 10%. You're okay. You're going to survive because you took that and had that foresight to lock in. So I would definitely say that that's a big piece now. The other thing is think about paying points, you know, points on your mortgage to lower the rate. It used to be taboo. It used to not really be talked about. I remember my dad told me, hey, don't buy a house if you have to pay points. That's not possible nowadays. Almost every loan program has points. And not only that, but they 
it makes sense a lot of the time to pay points now where it didn't before because now one point might buy your mortgage rate down a half a percent in rate, whereas a year or two ago, one point might have only bought your mortgage rate down an eighth of a point or a quarter point. So you get a lot more bang for your buck right now in late 2023 buying your mortgage rate down to combat inflation than you did a couple years what ago. What is a point? How much would a, a point cost? It just depends. Every loan is different. And I had a client, the other, one point is equal to 1% of the loan. So if you have a $300,000 loan, one point is $3,000. If you have a $500,000 mortgage amount, 5000 for one point. So I've lately been using a strategy with my clients of paying anywhere between a quarter point up to about a point on the high end. And we're able to save them huge amounts on the rate. Like I'm talking about a half a point to three quarters of a point on rate just by this little buy down strategy. And when we look at the break even on a lot of these, the break even is only like a year or two. And it, that's great. But if you it, put, I'm sorry, go ahead. You no, know, it could be more. So, like, it used to say if you're going to buy your rate down, make sure you're going to break even within three to four years. A lot of these buy downs I'm looking at in the last month or two, they're breaking even within one to two years. That's how we know it's a good move. The amount that you put down, let's say people put 20% down. Well, let's say somebody puts 30% down. Would that extra $10,000 or, or, or $10,000, mm-hmm. that extra 10% buy down a point? And if you put $40,000 down, would you get a lower rate? A down payment and closing costs are two separate things. So, yes, you could take money you were going to put towards down payment and redirect that to buying the rate down. There are limits. The government has put limits. They're not going to let you buy the rate down you know, by 10 points, for example. That's considered just predatory. They're not going to allow it. But if you want to pay one to two points, that's pretty customary and normal in this market. So I've definitely had conversation with a client that were thinking about putting a bigger down payment and say, whoa, 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 wait, instead of putting 50% down, why don't you put 40% down and we can rearrange some things on your mortgage to lower your rate a little bit more, you know, to maybe do this or that. The house yeah. needs work. There's a lot of strategy we can really use here, but this is something that's cutting edge because as we We've talked about mortgage market. Things are always changing and moving. As inflation has been changing and moving, these mortgage point scenarios have been changing, and it's actually favorable now, and it hasn't been for a long time. So it's really important to our listeners that realize that this taboo subject for years or even decades now is normal and customary. So get with it and get an advisor that gets it and can show you the way. I like that. I really do like that strategy. Speaking of which, one of my favorite questions every week is maybe to get some strategies that from you that homeowners can start working and and employ to protect themselves from... I guess maybe eroding effects of inflation on the real estate right. of their mortgage. So even though the rates were low, you know, you, for the last couple of years up until recently, right, you still saw people that were taking the adjustable rate mortgages, believe it or not. You know, I still talk to people every week that took out a five or a seven year arm, which is an adjustable rate mortgage years ago. And now they're sitting a little bit nervous because now uh-huh. – They are wondering when my mortgage adjusts in a year or two or three years, am I going to have that rude awakening where my payment goes up significantly and maybe I can't even afford my house, especially if you're retired or on some sort of irregular income. So I would say to anybody that's sitting in an adjustable rate mortgage right now, as tough as it may be to bite the bullet and put your tail between your legs, you need to go and just lock in a fixed rate right now, as hard as it may be. If you can afford it, you want to lock it in now because you're going to win either way. If the rates keep going up, at least you're locked in, you know what your housing cost is going to be. And if the rates go down, just like everybody else, you have that refinancing opportunity in a year or two. So don't think just because you didn't adjust to a rate, don't be hard headed that, oh, well, I need to refi to a lower rate and that's the only way to do it. 
It's not happening, especially if your rate's adjusting soon, you know, so be ready for it. And that's why I said fixed rate mortgages. You got to go with the fixed rate. And if you're investing money, invest in assets that appreciate with inflation, like real estate, treasury, uh, treasury inflation protected securities, which are called TIPS. Those are inflation protected investments that actually rise with inflation. So that can be a really, really good investment right now to offset the impact of the eroding value of your money. So for people consider Considering an investment property, how should they factor in inflation when assessing, you know, the potential profitability of real estate investments? Yeah, so real estate investments, really hot topic right now because, of course, the home rental rates have just skyrocketed, right? Look at what it costs almost to like rent. A mortgage, like, almost like a yeah. mortgage. Uh, yeah. Most of the time it is, very close to a mortgage in a lot of cases. So you want to account for the fact that the price is rising, but also your property taxes are probably going to go up. You need to factor that in. Your insurance rates may go up. You need to factor that into the numbers. And also your rental income may shift. So like we've seen this huge explosion of rental income, but the trees don't grow to the sky, as the saying goes. So that's not going to be forever. You can't figure, oh, the rent went from 1500 to 2500 in the last year, so it's going to go to 3000 and 3500 No, that's not how it works. You're going to see a topping out. And I know in a lot of areas of the country, we We've already seen rents topping out and start to stabilize and come down, and that's the shift. That's what's upcoming. That's going to happen. I definitely feel like we've hit a peak on rental, uh, you know, rental stuff because of the fact that, I mean, we were we had to catch up. The rents had been stagnated and they hadn't really gone up in a while. Now the home explosion happened with prices. Now the landlords took advantage, and I'm sure anyone that's listening that rented a property says that their rent's gone up in the last year or two, right? Everybody. So that's something that you have to keep in mind. But you want to explore, you know, what those numbers on the rental property is going to look like when all these costs increase. You really need to understand because your numbers may go from a four or five hundred dollar profit margin to no profit margin, or maybe even a loss. So I'm seeing a lot of amateur investors right now or first time investors, you know, get into the market with emotion and with confidence, but they don't really have their numbers figured out. So this is something that I try to work through with all my especially first-time investors to look at what is your cash flow going to be versus the mortgage, not only now, but what about a year from now? What about a couple years from now? Because my investor clients that bought homes one, two, three years ago, they're all now seeing those shifts, seeing their mortgage went up because of the taxes, seeing their insurance went up, seeing the rents change. So like, you got to begin with the end in mind as a real estate investor, and don't be afraid to walk away from a deal that the numbers don't work. Folks, you are listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge Podcast, along with Rob Weinberg. I'm Gary Byron. You can, of course, check out this show online at robgw.com, as well as get us a lot of other information when it comes to uh, you know mortgage uh, financing. Uh, you can also give him a call, 860-413-3938. I'm going to repeat both of those points of contact, and I'll even throw in a free email address. How about that? More towards the end of the show. Rob, are there specific types of mortgage products that are actually uh, you know, af- affected by inflation more or less? And, and how can borrowers choose wisely in this context? There are. So the mortgage product that right now has the most effect from inflation is the adjustable rate mortgage we were just you know talking about here. So it may initially have a lower rate. That's why people get them. 
uh, although now it's questionable. But generally speaking, the reason someone's going to take that adjustable rate or ARM mortgage is because it might have had a rate a half a point, a point or more lower than that 30-year or 15-year fix. So it's like, okay, that makes sense. But what about after the initial fixed period? These adjustable rates are generally going to be either one year, three year, five year, or seven year. So depending on when you took it out, you may only have a year or two left, right? Mm -hmm. What's going to happen at the end of that year or two? I always coach my clients, anybody that takes these products, I used to use them quite a bit years ago. We want to be looking one to two years before you need to get out of it to see what's going on with the market and whether you should lock in now or wait. So that's really, really important to understand. Have someone that's looking over your shoulder to help you um, be accountable because what you'll find is when the inflation rates tick up, these loans are very unpredictable and you could see your mortgage skyrocket like significantly. Don't think it can happen. Read your contract. A lot of these actually have caps on mortgage rates of like 12%. I've even seen as high as 18%. Imagine if that happened. Yeah, it's not going to happen overnight, but if you do nothing and sit there hoping and praying for lower rates and you just let the thing go up, in a couple years, you may end up in that doomsday scenario. So really keep that in mind. Be careful with your risk tolerance and financial goals. If you make a ton of money and have a ton of savings, fine, you might be able to take more risk with one of these adjustable loans. Mm -hmm. But if you're like most and you have a stable job and a regular income and you're looking to be conservative with your finances – it's a no-brainer. Go with the fixed rate and don't look yeah. back. That's what everyone else has right. been doing. How about government pol- uh, policies, particularly uh, monetary policies specifically? How do they influence inflation rates and, 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 and ultimately mortgage rates? Right. So in the beginning of the show, we were talking about the Fed rhetoric and how that impacts mortgage rates, really what they say. So government policies like the monetary policy, which is set by the Fed, has a significant impact because when central banks raise the interest rates to combat inflation, more Mortgage rates are going to follow, but lower rates, understand, are implemented to help stimulate the economy and stimulate home buying, and they can create much more affordable mortgages. So when do we see that scenario? When do we see the federal government or the monetary policy shift and change to bring lower rates, to bring this stimulus, right? Well, it's not happening anytime soon. As long as you see all of these people buying, as long as you see all of these people's wages going up, right, at their jobs. And we've seen all these inflation reports. Whether the data is manipulated or not, I'm not going to talk about on this show. But what I will tell you is the statistics show there that inflation is increasing. The statistics show that it's not letting up. So with that, you're going to keep seeing this stuff continue. You're going to keep seeing this stuff increase. And eventually, though, it's going to shift. This is all part of a cycle. We did a whole show on cycles a couple weeks ago. This is all part of the cycle. And a year from now, two years from now, you'll look back and say, gosh, I wish I would have known where we were at in the cycle. That's always how it is. But if you can be strategic and be ready, this is all about preparation. Then when the rates come down, there's blood in the streets and nobody wants to buy homes. You're going to be able to take advantage. And I've done it before. And you can do it this time, too. Why right, then what should home buyers and real estate investors be keeping in mind when planning for long-term financial stability and especially amid this inflationary pressures. So I think something that's really important right now is the diversification going on. So, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Don't put all your money in real estate. Don't put all your money in the stock market. Have a diversified portfolio that includes real estate, stocks, bonds, inflation protected securities like we were talking about, tips. If you have a good diverse portfolio like that, then in a year where real estate goes down, no biggie. Other things go up. 
In a year like last year where the stock market went down significantly, real estate went up. So having that diversification is huge. And I see so many first-time buyers and first-time investors that put all their eggs in the real estate basket. They do. Because it does cost money to buy a home, it's usually the biggest investment someone makes. So they're having to take all their money from here or there, retirement, and redirect that to the home. So it's unfortunate. So you really want to look long-term on that. And if you are somebody that put all your eggs in that real estate basket, step back, realign your goals. Talk to your financial advisor. Talk to me. Let's get a plan in place. Get your 401k rolling. Get your retirement rolling. Get your taxable investments going. Let's get some other things going. I don't care if it's $100 a month. Just start. I'm glad that you say that because I met with my financial advisor recently. He says, diversify your portfolio. You say, you know, invest in the stock market, but yeah, invest in real estate. He's right on board with you. You got to be. The other thing is once you own real estate, do you just let it sit there with nothing and just let it go? No. That's where the mortgage advisor comes in. Refi opportunities, you know, taking advantage ultimately when the rates come down. Yeah, and taking advantage when the values go up. There's a lot you can do, but you need an advisor to help you because they don't teach this stuff in school. Yeah, and don't get rid of your 401k. Don't cash that Absolutely not. You got to keep that going there, folks. Um, Any historical examples maybe, or maybe in case studies, that illustrate the impact of inflation on mortgage rates and the whole housing market. Yeah, this is a fun discussion, Gary, because, <laughs> you know, people haven't seen high inflation in the United States in many, many decades. Like me, I don't remember a period of super high inflation. I really don't. So from what I can tell from research, you know, as you would expect, the high inflation goes with the higher mortgage rates and the rising home prices. So like the biggest one that I can compare today to from my historical looking is the 1970s. You know, in the 1970s, we saw a significant spike in inflation. You saw a significant spike in mortgage rates. I believe it was the all time high of mortgage rates hitting almost 20 percent. I think it was around 18 percent. But You know, I also like to talk about the second half of that story, which is after the rates hit 18%, they went down to 11% within a year, and then they went down to 8% a year after that. So it created all these refinance opportunities you got to be ready for. Hopefully that helps give you some context between today and the 1970s. All right, I got one minute left. I always like to get a short answer from you from the last last question. All right, uh, let's do a summary here. What key takeaways and advice do you have for individuals right now looking to make informed mortgage decisions in a rising inflation environment. I know it can be scary, but it's pretty simple right now. First of all, prioritize a fixed rate mortgage over adjustable. Consider a real estate investment as a hedge against inflation, but not as your entire portfolio. And stay informed about the economic policies that could impact interest rates. Because what we saw during the last housing cycle is the government did step in and create a bunch of stimulus programs for real estate and for mortgages to actually bring people back into the market. And I know it sounds crazy now, but that could happen in the next couple of years. Maintain financial stability and adjust your strategies as the economy changes. Don't think that what you did a year or two ago still holds true today. That's why you need that wealth team. You need those advisors because you really can't do this alone. All right. Uh, Folks, you've been listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Age podcast. If you'd like more information on this show, on this topic, or maybe any of the others that we have uh, recorded in the past, head on over to Rob's website. It's www.robgw.com. Dot com robgw.com if you'd like to send an email to rob maybe you've got a question of a more personal nature or you'd like to get your question answered right here on these very airways maybe it's even as soon as next week and simply email mortgage matters radio show at gmail.com. 
com. And if you'd like to set up a consultation with Rob, very easy to do. 860-413-3938. I'll repeat that for you slower. 860-413-3938. For Rob Weinberg, I'm Gary Byron. Thank you so much for listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge Podcast. Until next Saturday morning, have a good one, everybody. So long.